Thank you for joining in on this message. I know many of you have taken the time to maybe clear an area in your home and sit down and focus, and I appreciate that so much. For me, during difficult times, the Word of God becomes so much clearer for me. And I've prayed that God would speak to your heart as I give you this message this morning. It comes from the book of Luke, so if you have your Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to begin in verse 31. Luke chapter 18, verse 31. It reads, Talking the 12 disciples, Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans and he will be mocked, treated shamefully and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. Now, Jesus had spent three years ministering, and now it was time to focus on the most vital part of his ministry on earth. It was time to set aside the classroom where he was teaching the multitudes about God's commandments and his promises. It was time to set aside the healing room where he would take broken bodies and bring them to complete health. It was time to take and give his disciples their final lesson of ministry. It was time to go to Jerusalem. It was time to reveal to them his full extent of his love. And just like Abraham and his son going and climbing the mountain, Jesus was headed to Jerusalem without an animal in his arms. You see, Jesus wasn't going to bring a lamb to offer to God as a sacrifice Jesus was going to become the sacrificial lamb that he would offer his body up for his people for on the cross. He directly told his disciples what would happen. He did not give a parable and he did not candy coat what was lying ahead for his disciples. Jesus clearly prepared his disciples for his gruesome and brutal death. But somehow their minds did not comprehend how their master could suffer in any way. How could their teacher who walked on water suffer? They walked with the miracle worker and they watched how he brought victory to everyone who would receive them. They watched Jesus heal the leper. They watched him deliver the demon possessed. The disciples witnessed firsthand how he took two fish and five loaves and fed over 5,000 people. They remembered the time when their boat was being tossed around by the waves of the sea and how they were frantically trying to get him up and saying, Lord, aren't you going to save us? And in the next moment, Jesus commanded the the sea to be calm and it was flattened into a floor of peaceful water. How could Jesus die by the hands of men when it was by his hand that he opened the eyes of the blind and it was by his voice that he called Lazarus out of the grave? That's why Peter told Jesus, Lord, never, you will never die by the hands of men. You cannot do this. Peter was adding up all of the miracles of Jesus and they were not equaling death. But Jesus was not subject to the laws of math and science. He was not confined to the ideas and the desires of human nature. He was not trying to please men and he was not trying to fulfill any type of ego. Jesus was the great I am. 
He was the first and the last. He was the creator of the heavens and the earth. And by his great power, nothing was too difficult for him. You see, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Jesus was on a mission to complete this plan of salvation that, that anyone who would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The disciples were trying to figure out this plan. They were trying to use human understanding to figure this plan out. They were trying to put Jesus into a box, but he was never going to fit in. Today, you might be trying to figure out what God is doing. God, what are you doing in our world today? What is going on? This global pandemic has brought great stress and hardship to people, the likes many of us have never seen. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Most schools have closed their doors, which have caused parents to turn their kitchens into classrooms while they're trying to work from home. And our beloved grandmas and grandpas who are in need of constant love and care from their family are now isolated and separated from their family, and they're all alone. No one's there to encourage them. And those buildings we call churches that would allow us to gather together to encourage one another and to love each other and to encourage one are now closed. And the most tragic part of this pandemic is those who have received the virus, those and those who are taking care of them. There were people who had planned maybe months ago, a year ago, to be, uh, few, uh, this, this past month, they had planned on being on a spring break and enjoying some time with family at some beautiful resort. And now they're separated from their families and they're fighting from their lives. I know I've seen the pictures and the videos of loved ones and people I've, I know on a hospital bed. And maybe you've seen videos and you've seen loved ones being placed on a hospital bed all alone, suffering, fighting for their life. And then the thousands of hospital workers putting in thousands of hours caring for those in need and all that they're going through. You know, I was privileged to be on a hospital board from 2006 to 2018. So I saw firsthand all of the work that goes into being a healthcare worker. And it is not easy on any normal day. Do you know a nurse uh, just doesn't walk up to a medicine cabinet when their patients are asking for pain reliever? They don't just walk up to the medicine cabinet, take something out and give it to them. No, it's, there's a process, there's laws and there's restrictions and there's procedures that they have to follow and they have to go through all of these different things and while they're in the room, they find out what's wrong over here and they find out what's wrong over there and now they're hearing somebody else in need. I can tell you that it's on any normal day for a healthcare worker, it's difficult, it's stressful. So now imagine with me adding all of those other extra patients with this this life-threatening disease that's entered their body and knowing that these healthcare workers can receive it too. It's amazing what they are going through and, and it just breaks my heart. And I just want to pause here just for one moment and pray for our healthcare workers. You might be a healthcare worker and I want you to receive this prayer of blessing into your life. And if you know of one, you can begin to pray over them. Would you just join me in a quick prayer? Father, I thank you for all of the healthcare workers that are serving so many hurting patients today. 
I think of John Butterfield and Dr. Jared and, and Dr. May and Dr. Johnson, just a few of the healthcare workers that I know personally. I pray blessing upon them. Would you help them? Would you care for them? Would you watch over them? And all of the names now being uttered in homes for these individuals to find strength, to find hope, to find rest, to find peace. And Lord, would you protect them, watch over them, and keep them healthy Keep this virus away from them. And I pray, oh God, they would see the hand of God working through their lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me in that prayer. There are so many people that are hurting in our world today and we can become like the disciples and think this is not making sense. We can look at what's happening and want to run away. We can deny even our faith and say, I just can't believe what's happening And for some people, it's causing them to go back to the places that God took them out of. We have people who are falling back into sin, and now they're being trapped into that sin. But may I declare to you, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We have the power of God. We have the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. No weapon formed against us will prosper No, the gates of hell cannot even prevail against us. Jesus told us that there would be much trouble in this world, but he also told us we could have peace because he has overcome the world. These are dark days that we are living in, but that just means we can shine brighter for Jesus Christ. We can shine brighter for those who are in need of help. We can still deliver the good news. The the delivery of the good news has not been canceled. It will not be canceled. It cannot be canceled. You and I still have the privilege of declaring the truth that Jesus saves, that Jesus loves, and that he's here to help every one of us today. Do you know he was, as he was preparing his disciples, he knew that he was, that they were going to be facing his agony of that death, he knew that his disciples were going to be facing this trauma of seeing him on a cross and the nails in his hands and the crown of thorns on his head. But he knew that his death was not going to be permanent. He was going to rise from the dead. He was going to overcome the grave. He was going to overcome death. And his death was not going to be permanent. But the salvation that he would offer those in need would be permanent. The victory over death and the victory over sin, that was going to be permanent. And so that's why he went to the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now the disciples, they were limited because they were focused on their own needs. They were focused on how God, on how God could help them. This is, this is the plan that we have for you, God. This is how you're going to save us. This is how you're going to help us. And it wasn't how God planned it out. But we know that in the book of Acts, that the Holy Spirit overcame their flesh and they actually overcame their shortcomings because in the book of Acts, they were persecuted, but this time they did not run. This time they weren't filled filled with fear and, and anxiety. No, they were filled with the joy of the Lord. And they said, thank you, God, that we were counted worthy to be persecuted. God had opened their eyes. They were no longer limited by their, by their 
their human nature. They were no longer limited by their physical nature. They were no longer limited by their past, and they were no longer limited by their human body. But now the power of the Holy Spirit had come upon them so that they could see that in every situation, God was working. They could now see that in every circumstance, God was in the midst of that circumstance. They now understood that what the devil meant for evil, that what people mean for evil sometimes, God was going to turn for good, that every curse he was going to make a blessing. They understood now and were able to say like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. They were able to declare that God's people never lose. God's people don't live in fear. God's people are not running away from the fire, but we run into it to help others get out. This is the attitude that sets us apart in this world. We are able to declare every day, this is a day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. I want to declare to you a verse from Jeremiah chapter 29. It's a verse many of us know. Many of us can quote this verse. But before I declare it to you again, I want to remind you that when this this verse was written down, when the Israelites first heard these words, Coming from the prophet Jeremiah, they were just conquered by Babylon. Their city was demolished. Their place of worship where the presence of God would come and the smoke would fill this temple, that temple had now been ransacked and things were taken out of it. It was no longer this beautiful building, but now it had become a place of despair to look at their homes that they had worked for, their land that they had built. Generations of Israelites had worked this land and had had blessed this land with seeing houses built and families being established. And now, in this moment, they were being ripped from those homes. They were being taken from this land. They had become exiles. They had been led out of their beautiful city who, who now, as they, as now as they looked back was just filled with smoke and rubble and, and they were being taken away to Babylon. It was in that moment that these words were uttered. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know, says the Lord, the plans that I have for you. And these plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. They're to give you a hope and a future. In Israel's worst time in their history, the most devastating time in their history, it was in that moment that these words were uttered. It was in that moment that God was declaring to his children, I know the plans that I have for you. I know what you see. I know what you're going through. I know what you feel inside. I hear the worries. I see the concerns. I see the tears. But I want you to know today, I have plans to give you hope and I have plans to give you a future. Please receive this word into your heart today. Please receive it into your home. Receive it into your heart. Receive it into your spirit Because you may be fine today and you may be doing good today and maybe your checks are still coming in and you obviously today, maybe you're at home and you don't have the coronavirus. Maybe everything is just fine and you maybe are actually enjoying this break, but you need to receive this word. You need to receive the spirit of Jeremiah 29, 11 because you have friends that are not at ease. 
You have family that is struggling. You have individuals who are broken and they're around you and there's something that you can do about it. And it's this, that you can give them this message of hope. Just as I am sharing this message of hope with you, so you can share this message of hope with others. Jesus decided that it was time to go to Jerusalem. It was time to go to his place of great sacrifice, and it was going to be difficult. But Jesus was also saying by going to Jerusalem, he was saying it's time for sickness to no longer rule on this earth. It's time for people to receive hope in a hopeless world. Do you know once you receive this word into your heart that you will see the power of God at work in you? When you receive God's word into your life and you accept it and you believe it with all your heart, God begins to work miracles. While everybody else is running and and living in chaos, you will experience the peace of God. You will experience the power of God. God will take that test, that test that people are going through. And maybe you are at home and you are not getting a check. Maybe you are in a hospital room right now. Maybe you do have the coronavirus and you're at home in quarantine and you're going through a test right now. But if you receive this word from Jeremiah 29, 11, if you receive God's plan of hope and his plan of a future, do you know what? He will turn your test into a testimony. That's right. There are testimonies all around us. And I just quickly want to share mine already from 2020. I have to just go back two years to quickly tell you in 2018, I came back home to the great state of Illinois. I had lived in Utah. My wife and I As I shared with you before, we have been ministers and we were serving in Utah for 22 years. I'm an ordained minister in the Assemblies of God and I've shared with you before, my wife's a licensed minister and she was the worship leader at our church there. But uh, I had a phone call from Pastor Choco de Jesus in 2018 and he called me up and he said, I want you to come and be a part of our staff. And I felt like God, I knew God had me in transition at that point. And it confirmed in my heart that I needed to move out of Utah and come back home. And obviously it was a joy for my parents and my family, but it was more than that. I knew I was being led by God. And so we came, we came to Chicago, Illinois, and I was serving with Pastor Choco, and, and he had had me working on church planting in 11 states, and I had also started a program in a gang outreach in Chicago. Everything was going as planned until August 2019. You see, Pastor Choco was a national leader, and so he was recognized uh, throughout our nation, and so we have a general council every two years, and at that general council, my Pastor Choco was voted in as the general treasurer of the Assemblies of God. So he would have to vacate all of his responsibilities of Illinois. Now, my main source of income was at the district office because he was the church planning director. Well, he had to vacate that office, so that brought my time to an end at the end of 2019. Of course, New Life Covenant Church had just received a grant and they said, Sid, we'd love for you to start now working full-time in our our community center. And I just thought to myself and we prayed and we fasted about it because on paper that made sense, but you need to pray about everything. Maybe you're getting offers right now and you think I better go do this. You better pray first. So my wife and I, we prayed and we fasted about it and we just came back with this unbelievable response and we felt like, this wasn't what God wanted. And so we said, thank you so much for this offer, but we just don't feel like that's what God wanted. And then another offer came for us to move to Springfield, Missouri, to, 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 uh, be, to join the staff at the national office. And 
We prayed about that because, again, that would make sense. Why would you need to pray about that? No, you pray about all things. And we prayed about that, and we didn't have peace about moving out of Illinois right now. And so finally in January, my former pastor from Joliet, Illinois, Larry Griswold, sent me this message that there's this church in Lamont, Illinois that's open and they need a pastor. And so I sent them my resume and a relationship began. But also what had begun with your church was that uh, the coronavirus was beginning to take over. And now I'm thinking to myself, and I'm watching how people are now losing their jobs, and I'm thinking, I'm second-guessing myself, what did I do? I just made a horrible mistake. And those were just quick thoughts I had because I did not dwell there. But I did have that quick thought. I, I did have moments of doubt of, God, what, how am I going to provide for my family? There's no way I'm going to find a position. And, and I know I'm working uh, through this process with this church, but why would they bring anybody on right now? But on March 14th, I had a message of hope that God gave me. And I knew that your church board and your leaders were in need of help and an encouragement. So I just sent them that message. I emailed it to them. And, and so from there, it picked up again, and we started communicating. And, and I wasn't pushing anything, and they weren't in a rush either. But it became evident to the, your leaders. It became evident to me that God was in this. And it was evident to me that God was speaking to me, and I had a message to give to you, and that's why I'm here today. It's this message of hope that I want to give to you. It's this message of life that I want to present to you. And I wanted to share, that's my testimony. And I believe there's so many other testimonies out there. And there are other testimonies that are waiting to happen. It just takes you today accepting this word of encouragement. It just takes you today saying, I receive that word. I'm going to believe that God has the best in store for me right now. I don't know everything that's happening. I don't know and I can't explain what's taking place in our world today. It doesn't make sense. I've, I've lost my job. My business is shut down. It doesn't look like I'm going to be able to start up again, but I'm going to receive this word that God's plans for me are to prosper me and not to harm me. Would you receive that word? I can also encourage you and tell you that during this time where I was getting no income, I still was giving to the missionaries that I, I support. I did not stop supporting. I did not stop giving. You might be thinking to yourself, I've got to stop serving. I've got to stop giving. No, you don't stop serving the Lord. You don't stop giving to God. You don't stop obeying his commandments through hard times. You keep doing it because that is your key to opening the door of God's blessing. So I pray that you're encouraged today. I pray today that your heart is touched. Next Sunday, I'm going to be picking up this story from Luke chapter 18 and beginning in verse 35 because really that was the start of the message God had put in my heart, but I knew I needed to give you this introduction message because he started working that message in my heart as well. So next Sunday, I'm looking forward to it because I, I know that God has been speaking to my heart as a church leader, and I'm going to speak to your hearts and how God is going to use us in these last days. This pandemic is not a, an accident, obviously. It's not something that caught God off guard, but it's a part of his plan of salvation, and I'm going to begin to share that next Sunday. But for today... I want to share this message with you and prepare your hearts. So I pray that your heart has been touched. I pray that you're ready to serve God. And I want you to begin to pray and ask God, Lord, what can I do? If everything is going good for you right now, and you, besides the obvious, but think your, your checks are still coming in, you still have your job, you, you still, your family's not sick, you're not in a hospital, 
and, and maybe your immediate family, everybody's doing good. You need to pray, God, what can I do? How can I serve? Who can I call today? Maybe there's somebody you have to call and pray with and say, you know what? I just heard a message of hope today and I want to give that hope to you. Can I pray for you today? There's somebody you have to call. There's somebody you have to reach out to. There's so many different things that are happening out there that people are doing, whether it's putting a sign in your yard or or making phone calls or clapping your hands at 7 p.m., whatever it is, there's so much that we can be doing. And I pray right now that you will, as I begin to pray in just a moment, that you'll ask God to speak to you. Now, if you're in that place and you've lost hope and you've, you are sick, you've lost your job, I want you to also to receive this prayer of blessing. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the word that you spoke to the Israelites, that word when they were walking out as exiles, as they looked back at their destroyed city and their, their devastated homes, and yet you spoke to them and you said, I have plans for you that they're not to harm you, but they're to prosper you. They're to give you a hope and a future. You are now speaking that same message to Calvary Church and to anybody else who's listening to this message today. So God, may they receive that message and may they give it to others this today and this week. Father, for those who are hurting, those who are sick, I pray by the power of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will heal their bodies, that you will heal their spirits, that you will make them whole again, that your Spirit will come upon them and give them a hope and strength that they will not give up but they will just receive you into their heart, that they'll receive this message. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, many of you, you can, as you've been instructed, you can add a prayer request. You can add a, a, a comment. Please do that. If you want prayer, you want somebody to call you this week, comment in there and let us know. And we'll reach out to you. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next week.